Hey y'all, welcome to the Always Parched Podcast. Um, I just wanted to give everyone a small disclaimer. The episode that you're about to listen to was actually one of our first recordings, so it's not quite technically sound. We were working with one microphone, so there were points where um, we may have been talking over each other or there was some echoing in the background, but we thought the episode contained some great content, Plus, it also contains an interview with one of our favorite local bartenders, Miss Libby Lingua from Undertow. All around great episode. So, on to the recording. Hope you enjoy. You are our first <laughs> guest speaker, Libby. Uh, you're our guinea pig. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are we drinking? You made these, Mike? I did. I was pretty quick. Moy toys. Yes. Give us your breakdown. Yeah. Um, well, we get there in the outline. Oh, okay, never mind. But, uh, <laughs> Jumping I mean, ahead. Yeah. We can cut and edit. Come on, just this. roll with it. Yeah. It's not as if you're flying on the wall, Mike. Yeah. Forget all the hard work you put into this outline. <laughs> yeah, all the 20, 15 minutes this morning. I bet shafted. <laughs> all right. All Let's right. So today, we are obviously talking about Tiki um, with our Mai Tais in hand. So uh, this, well, I guess we should start off with the name so especially because it's a little new so you mm-hmm. are listening to the always parched podcast i am woe to my left is michael and micah and then to my right is our guest host for the day libby lingua am i saying that right yes i don't know if i've ever actually heard it pronounced nailed it, it. looks just like it's <laughs> it is. So, so um libby is joining us uh from the valley and she is like michael a um in the industry so she technically falls into the professional category for our podcast so now we're all evened up today two and two pros and amateurs so libby why don't you i guess you can give us a little bit of background what were you working at uh what's your position how long you've been there so i am the current GM of Undertow, which is a tiki bar located in Central Phoenix. Uh, my previous role was bar manager. Undertow is roughly one and a half years old, and I've been there since the beginning. A little background of my entrance into the industry, I bartended all through college, and my first jigger was a Dixie cup with a Sharpie mm-hmm. marker on it. So <laughs> I've come a long Classy. way. Yeah, and we had all of our spirits on a gun like on tap, which was crazy. So yeah, definitely come a long way. Um, But yeah, Undertow Phoenix is a really awesome place that a lot of people like to escape to. Super excited. I want to talk later about the new menu. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I got a little sneak peek, a little tidbit information on it, and I'm super intrigued. So yeah. So coming out this fall. See, stay tuned. Are you generally, yeah, we are kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but are you generally going to keep doing that on the anniversaries around there? Yeah, yeah, um, because the production time between or behind our menu is is uh, uh, pretty long. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, Undertow is, like I said, it's, a, it's an underground escape. It's really an immersive experience, so we try to change the environment that our guests come to enjoy with every menu, so... It's a little bit of a of a, a lag in time, so we're giving ourselves about eight months out before the launch of our next menu. Wow! Yeah. 
I kind of feel like instills confidence, you know, that they kind of take it seriously, that they're really actually putting some effort into that. But I think that's also evident in their drinks. Yeah. And it's always a bummer when you go to a place and then a year later, the menu is exactly the same. Right. And I agree. I like the turnover, especially when it's well thought out turnover, not just like, you know, a thousand drinks but, like, really good drinks that you can give you reason to go back a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, and even a year, I mean, there's 30-plus drinks on the menu, so you can yeah. you can go through the whole gamut and, and not get bored mm-hmm. unless you go every single night or weekend. We have well, we don't, of those people. Yeah, we don't want to dissuade the listeners. They can go every day if they want. Yeah, please do. Because the menu is so vast, start off with a punch bowl. Lots of straws, drink with your friends, and then decide what you're going to drink after that. It's a perfect appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Yay. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, double clink. Tink. Mm-hmm. So, Libby Grade, it's probably like a, what, a 10, 11 out of a... Uh, There's 100. like a million different ways to make a Mai yeah. Tai. Mm-hmm. I talk to customers about this all the time because... Mm-hmm. I mean, Tiki has a huge following. It's it's a culture, really. And and we get those passionate people that come in and they're like, wait, you don't do your Mai Tai with this? Or where's your, where's your grenadine float? But yeah, I mean, with a lot of these historical Tiki cocktails, there's, there's, you know, it's hard to figure out who was the originator of, you know, what's the right way to do it. And because it's just kind of like a lost history, you know? It's kind of all over the place, but we do ours, the uh, Trader Vic's 1944 recipe style, and and that's one that I really enjoy, but there's like a million different ways to do it. Yeah, I think one reason why you probably get a lot of guests at the bar that are saying, well, what about this, and what about this, and I had it this way, because I honestly, I feel like that's probably the most bastardized cocktail of the tiki culture, you know? To the basic consumer, you say, name one tiki drink, and that's probably going to be the first one they say, um, if they even can correlate the the drink to tiki. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's gone to, like, served at Applebee's or, you know, like a place <laughs> where you're not getting quality ingredients, you're not getting uh, care into the the execution of the drink. And well, so I, there's probably so a- many really cheap, easy, quick variations of... Uh, of a drink. I was reading about how the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau has a class of recognized cocktails. Mm. Did you know about this? I would imagine you probably do, or maybe you do, but... um, And they are just, like, really somewhat vague, but specific enough that you would know the cocktail, like Manhattan or Old Fashioned or whatever, and it would say Manhattan whiskey, vermouth, and bitters, or something like that. And for... Uh, Mai Tai, they just defined it as rum and citrus juices, which is really that's so super big. Broad. Yeah, <laughs> super wow. big. So, um, you know, that may just no orgeat, feed no into nothing. this. Mm-mm. Well, which, I think, and that kind of goes to it because usually if you go anywhere, it's rum and pineapple juice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get that question a lot. Pineapple OJ, 
people will order our Mai Tai and be like, hold the pineapple juice. And we're like, you good got thing. It. <laughs> <laughs> Not changing anything because we don't do it that way. So, yeah, that's interesting. So when we were, I was looking over this today, I just, you know, wanted to look at the actual history of the Mai Tai. Because like I was saying, like with a lot of these historical tiki cocktails, there's a lot of people that are trying to claim that they created it. And it's really hard to decipher where did this actually come from what was their specific ratio and a lot of these ingredients were just numbers there weren't you know it was it was a secret ingredient that the recipes <laughs> lost in time um but so i did a little little research on the mai tai and it actually is from abbreviated word that i think was tahitian that was a phrase saying like that's good like and then it it was like a longer phrase that was then shortened and then like chopped apart my tie, but like somebody had said it because this cocktail was good. Um, and that kind of gets me to my next point, unless you guys had something on that, which is like, how do you really define tiki? Like we can back it up, and we're kind of talking about tiki, and tiki is super popular right now. Um, you know, it's I I would say it's trending, but it's it's not even really a trend anymore. It's it's just everywhere. Like you can any city that does cocktails has some tiki spot or multiple tiki spots. So, um, and I'm, I'm not really sure where, where the popularity came from. Do you have any insight on that or, uh, you know, like in, like in any market, I feel like there's a, there's a a cyclical trend. Um, you know, tiki was really popular back in like the sixties and seventies in Phoenix. And then it kind of, it kind of went away. I don't know if it was, it was bastardized. Like we had, you know, had talked about the, the recipe of the Mai Tai you know, it, it kind of uh, changed from your your Mai Tais and your zombies and your your Navy Grogs into Long Islands and AMFs and, and drinking culture really just changed. And, uh, uh, you know, for a while there, I feel like, and Michael, I'm sure you can agree that um, the whole like speakeasy theme, bourbon heavy, darker spirits, that was pretty popular, taking you back to like pre-prohibition and, and prohibition era cocktails. Now I feel like, you know, that's a lot of people are doing that. And I, I feel like my company is on the, 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 the upswing of the resurrection of the tiki culture. And uh, what's really cool is, like you said, Mike, is that there's a there's a, you know, a tiki bar in every city, uh, at least every major city or somewhat of a, a remnant of a, of a culture that was that was in the past. And I think it's really cool that it's something that's coming back. Absolutely. I think, you know, as long as it's done right, then it can be appreciated. You talk about, again, the bastardizing of the Mai Tai, the whole speakeasy whiskey bar. You know, a lot of people, that was a trend and a lot of people are doing that. But now it's getting to, it's almost becoming ruined because you have this place that just puts whiskey on their door or claims they're a whiskey bar, yet their selections are like flavored or... You know, just a, a not yeah. well-rounded or put-together menu. So as long as you are doing it right and staying true to that form and not trying to change it, the trend of, of spirits with cocktail and flair and AMFs and, you know, purple nurples or whatever <laughs> other uh, sex in a pool of the virgin or, you know, <laughs> all these weird puckers flavored shots that you can put together you know the obviously the the cocktail trend is is strong has been that way for a while but i think tiki is the 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 last i guess to to kind of follow i think that's because of rum you know rum's hard to to really get a good quality rum 
You know, everybody thinks rum of Bacardi or Captains or Sailors or, you know, massly produced, industrialized rums. And I see you have... Yeah, looks like you brought a little tree. Yeah, I brought yeah. a little. I well, my mai tai is empty, us. so we can <laughs> break yeah, we and check it out. Break into some plantation twentieth anniversary rum. Yeah, so what yeah. you bring here? What do you yeah. think about rum? I mean, obviously you 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 think highly of it because of yeah. what you do. You know, but it's the a, category as a whole, and where do you see it going? The category as a whole is really interesting. Um, you know, when I started at Undertow, I, I had dealt with rum before, but not like this. Um, obviously, we are rum heavy, but rum itself is a really interesting spirit because it can be made anywhere. Unlike other, you know, other spirits like like whiskey and bourbon and scotch and and uh, rum, as long as it comes from a byproduct of sugarcane, you can make it however. And then, you know, obviously you can break down further into whether it's fresh sugarcane juice or a byproduct of molasses or, you know, molasses. It's really a spirit that doesn't have much jurisdiction. And so it's a it's a very loose spirit. But like you were saying, like when it's done right, it's done right. And those brands are are distinct. And, you know, like like in any industry, there's, you know, the mass produced watered down versions that the public you know, recognizes because those brands have, you know, billion dollar budgets and they're, you can find them in every single country. But um, there's a lot of really unique brands that have history and culture and just, you know, uh, uh, beautiful people behind the spirit. This past summer, I, I spent a week in Puerto Rico yeah, uh, with the Don Q. Sarayes family learning about Puerto Rican rum. And uh, that was like probably one of the best weeks of my life. Best marketing tool ever because <laughs> yeah. every single bartender that was on that trip fell in love with the country. And uh, it was really unfortunate to see what happened post Hurricane Maria. But, um, you know, there's a lot of love that goes into these certain brands and you can taste it. And it and it shows through and it shines through in the cocktails that we make. So we're very selective at Undertow with the brands that we bring in. We like something with heart and, and a little more uniqueness to it. And uh, I feel like that really does show through in our cocktails. Well, oh, cheers need, to a little uh, plantation nice. 20th anniversary yeah. rum. Mm, oh, Micah loves this stuff. part. Hey, Micah, what notes do you get? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. No? no. Really? I get like vanilla and like yeah. a little bit of like toasted coconut and definitely yeah, on the coconut. vanilla side. That was the first thing that kind of hit me. Yeah, it's delicious. I love this one. Yeah, toasted um, coconut. The good shit. I don't I know what nutty, like uh, like macadamia nut. Yeah, mm. yeah, but yeah, for sure. Spices, you know, it's just it's warm. It's like a hug from the inside. Yeah, pinkies yeah. up. Warm hug, <laughs> warm hug on a cold night. It's yeah. so easy to just sip on too. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. Yeah, there's nothing written in stone that says tiki is rum, right? No, not at all. And I, I think that's the one thing that really sets, uh, uh, where I, you know, work undertow yeah, apart undertow. from the rest because. <laughs> You know, like I said, we are rum heavy, but we have spirits from every single category. Like we've got your bourbon, we've got Japanese whiskey, we've got Islay Scotch on our menu. You know, we've had Sotol in the past, which is a funky spirit that not many people have experienced. Uh, We've got Agricole rums, we've got Demerara rums. What else do we have? Right now we've got a uh, an interesting rice grain spirit called Sochu. You know, we, we like to incorporate all all uh spirits in our menu and 
all 38 of our cocktails appease everybody. Like we, we don't cater to one palate. We've got something for everyone. So I, I don't think, I mean, rum is heavily associated with tiki because it is predominantly an island spirit or, or so perceived to be an island spirit, um, whether it's Caribbean or South Pacific or, or, you know, Central American tiki can be anything really. It's just, it's just a cocktail that takes you away from your day-to-day life. Yeah. I've always associated tiki with being more of a culture or an attitude or a presence like you you like you said it's a getaway you get tiki to like relax you know yes it caters to the island kind of lifestyle but ohana vibes yeah (laughs) but tiki is more of a uh, of a culture than a recipe um do you actually do you have a favorite drink on your menu right now I do. do Yeah. You know, I've, like I said, our menu's so vast. I do have a, a a couple of, of my top favorites. Uh, there's one cocktail and I guess I'll mention the name. It's called smuggled goods and it's from our, our OG menu. So chapter one, we kept it because I'm pretty sure the entire bar staff threatened to quit (laughs) if it came (laughs) off the menu because it is that damn good. It's kind of a riff on a Mai Tai. What makes makes the drink so special is that we do a uh, macadamia nut infusion on an overproof Jamaican rum. Um, kind of like an elevated Mai Tai. It uh, incorporates a little bit of our house-made orgeat, mezcal, and a little bit Ugh. of Spanish sherry. Yeah. Oh, come on. No, I definitely come know on. which one of the things he hates. Yeah, a little bit. It's just it's a touch of mezcal. It's just like a whisper. Just a whisper of mezcal. Still talking too much with it. And sherry and a couple dashes of allspice and it's nutty and it's it's smoky. bright but slightly smoky and very well balanced and it's just a bomb cocktail and that is still to this day my favorite. But yeah, I mean it really just depends on the flavor of the day. Like like I said, I've got a, a probably like a top top ten, top five, like exclusive favorites that are all very different. The one that I was telling you about that we've got California Sochu out of St. George. Um, it's an interesting spirit that adds like unripened stone fruit characteristics to a pretty boozy cocktail paired up with fresh pineapple juice, a little bit of falernum and lime and uh, overproof rum is the base. And it, it honestly just depends. But yeah, I do have my favorites. The smuggling, smuggler's goods? Smuggled goods. Smuggled goods. Smuggling those goods. That one and the Barro Negro. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a favorite. Those are my two favorites. So many. I that was did the one that. You, du- you duplicated or we did, did a little. Yeah. Well, we did, was it Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh, and then we so did like good. a cocktail competition within Thanksgiving and everybody brought theirs and mm-hmm. I made that drink. Not knowing the recipe because I didn't get it from you guys, but just like. Seeing the ingredients that are in it and like trying to understand and find the balance within. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. Port. Yeah. Uh, what else? Mezcal, mezcal rum. That's right, because Micah hated Dark it. Dark rum, mm-hmm. mezcal, yeah. A little bit of simple syrup, absinthe. Ugh. So freaking yeah. good. So but the the thing, checking all those boxes yeah. for me. <laughs> the, the, what's funny and to go <laughs> off funny. of you hating mezcal. Those are like the first two drinks I ever tried on the menu too, because I just flipped through the book and found like looked for mezcal. I love mezcal in tiki drinks. I do too. Absolutely love it. I think it brings like a just the compliment from the citrus, the tropical fruits, if in you know the nuttiness, the the smoke. It, it's yeah. Come on. 
Yeah, well, the you first guys... thing I think of is Tiki is smoke. Get out of here, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you guys have that Islay scotch uh, drink right now. And I remember liking that a lot because it's just like that different component that's interesting. That yeah. makes it, you know, kind of different, sets it apart from the other ones. I honestly, I remember really liking it at the time. And it might, I might still, but I also had had a few before that. So I was just in like a great place to start. <laughs> so um, I don't actually remember it that well, but I remember I liked it. And I remember I stole that little mermaid thing off the glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that cocktail uh, is called Smoking Idol. And hence the, you know, you get the smoke from the Islay Scotch. Um, it starts out like a, like a typical tiki cocktail, tart, tangy, tropical um, but it does have that underlying smokiness to it that really stands out. And I've got a question. So when you go down there, there's a distinct like um, smell, like good in a good way. So <laughs> I was gonna say we're because gonna if, if you're listening, you can't see my face. It could have been either way, but it's a good smell. <laughs> is that just from the stuff that is smoked in the cocktails, or do you have a candle? Because follow up statement, Aveda makes a candle that smells exactly no like way. undertones. Wow. Yes, yeah, uh, definitely no candles because okay. we are uh, uh, a ship and we're <laughs> constructed of wood, so we keep fire to a, a minimum. But, um, yes, there is a cocktail that incorporates some smoking of some particular wood. A very familiar smell, but a lot of people are kind of stunned by the fact that we're not smoking, like, tobacco or some sort of, like, other wood um it's cinnamon because we went to a, a friend's had like a dinner party and it smelled exactly like undertow in there like, <laughs> <we're just> like, <laughs> yeah. michael smell or micah smell this candle maybe that's new like merchandise will roll out yeah. undertow scented candles I, yeah it's not a bad scent that would be kind of hilarious just like remelt it into a tiki glass and <laughs> <laughs> or my tie glasses that's a brilliant idea yeah it is i think i have a connection for you guys too take the toe with you well, we're kind of already talking like about, it. but what a, a quick description of Undertow, I guess, um, because for people that haven't been there, um, it's it is like a really kind of unique getaway that is somewhat hidden. People never yeah. when you tell someone it's downstairs, they're just like, I don't ever go downstairs. Yeah, it's a full-on experience. Move. Everyone yeah. that I've sent there has loved it, and it's unlike yeah. anything they've been a part of. Well, that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah, so the the. Um, Undertow was conceived about two years ago, roughly. Um, like I stated, we've been open for about a year and a half. We occupy uh, a space that used to be the oil well of a Jiffy Lube. So our, uh, our roommates are Sip Coffee and Beer Garage, and they occupy the upstairs. And so we're in one of the original oil bays. And what's cool about that is that that's where our name came from. So we're in the undertow of where the mechanics used to work on the cars and also undertow as the current. Mm-hmm. Um, so the room is is pretty quaint. We've, we're roughly 480 square feet. Uh, max capacity is 40. We've got 34 seats. But when you walk down the stairs into undertow, it's a totally immersive experience like you guys had stated. We've got tropical flowers. We've got uh, you know, the entire room is basically shaped like the belly of a 19th century spice trade ship, which I'll get into later, uh, kind of reflects on uh, the voyage that we take our customers on with our menu and our ingredients. Back to the, the room itself. So Undertow is in the belly of a 19th century spice trade ship. 
Uh, some of our decor includes scales and barrels and crates of spices and, and uh, things that we've picked up along our journey. Along the sides of the ship, we've got portals uh, where you can actually see where we're headed to. So on our current menu, we start off at port in Shanghai. We're, we're there for roughly 12, 15 minutes, and then we, we take off to sea. Uh, the story behind our menu right now is that the crew of the undertow gets into a little bit of trouble, and we, we're uh, quick to leave Shanghai, and we're followed by a fleet of ships, and we end up sinking one of their ships in a little bit of a cannon exchange. Uh, the undertow is mighty, and uh, so we, we continue on into a full-fledged thunderstorm, which we take our guests along with us. The undertow survives, we pass a couple of islands, and then uh, we're back into the same, the same cycle. Uh, it's about a 90-minute cycle that we take our guests on. So yeah, when you, when you come downstairs, you hear everything from the boots on the top deck, you hear the creaking of the ship, uh, there's, there's jungle tunes uh, inspired by a, a classic artist, Martin Denny, and uh, the waves crashing, of course, and there's a couple of fun little uh, things that happen along the way. This is why this shit takes eight months. <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually, yeah, it does, for sure. I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, I could experiment with some drinks at home to make a menu, but no, that's that's uh, next level shit. Right and now there. I learned something new. I didn't know there was a specific track to the uh, thing going on back then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Oh, the portal holes, or whatever they're called, those... I think when I first went down there, that was probably my biggest, like, I don't know, awe moment where I just saw it and I was like, whoa, this is really neat. Like, that totally gave you the sense of being on the ship and you completely forget, I would think, that you are, you know, below another bar and mm -hmm. that that bar and those used to be a mechanic shop or anything like that and you're off a busy street like it really is a, a cool little getaway which i think most tiki places i think that's like kind of a unique and defining characteristic of a good tiki bar like you really should feel like this kind of little getaway but uh undertow i think does it really well yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the the baseline of tiki, um, regardless of what cocktails you're serving. What I found out in my year and a half uh, run at Undertow is that people are looking to escape. So, basically, what we offer is is a totally immersive environment that takes you away. Like you said, you don't feel like you're underground. You don't feel like you're in Phoenix. You don't feel like you're in you know a coffee shop. It's really like. People like to come in to get away to have some tropical cocktails that take them elsewhere, and I, I feel like that's like really the definition of tiki, regardless of what you're serving. It's just an escape from your everyday life. Yeah, I've got a question for you, Libby. Mm -hmm. And I, so when you're bartending, how closely do you hold the recipes? Like, if someone's like, "I love this drink," what's in it, and pulls out their phone and exactly what's in it. <laughs> This How, is going to be does it matter? Recipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, obviously, like, so the way that our menu breaks down is that, um, like I said, we got 38 cocktails on the menu. The first half of the book are all uh, cocktails that are original to Undertale. So they're all drinks that were developed by the bar staff. We hold those recipes pretty close to our hearts because we put our blood, sweat, and tears into developing those drinks. Um, the classics, on the other hand... Um, you know, are the classics. There are cocktails that we 
selected for our menu that, you know, sometimes they don't translate well from the historical recipes to present time. So we've manipulated them just to be perfect. Um, I'll share those with you any day because they're <laughs> they're amazing. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll educate you on what's in our original cocktails, but as far as, you know, giving out our recipes. Like what if someone said, there was a drink on chapter one that I really liked, and so now it's kind of retired. Would you be more or less likely to Uh, You know, I mean... Again, not to me. Yeah, it's it's a a tough question. Honestly, like a lot of our cocktails on the original half of our menu are, are pretty complex in the sense that you know, we pick spirits and then we manipulate them, th- manipulate them through infusions. Um, you know, the ingredients that we select are, you know, we get them through a supplier or a wholesaler. Um, you know, all of our purees that sometimes we fortify with sugars, we make our own syrup. So if you really, really, really want to dive into like mm-hmm. butter washing, yeah. well, <laughs> butter washing a twelve-year-aged rum, freezing it and separating the fat out, and then yeah. like you know, it it just depends how geeky you want to get, really. But um, I mean, I put a tremendous amount of effort into ice alone, so I have no problem that's putting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, work. to each their own. You know, if you're passionate about it. Yeah, you know, I'm not, they're not, they're not, they're not copyrighted, but like, you know, I would maybe share some of our past recipes because we'll never repeat drinks. So, Mm -hmm. and if it's a regular, and if it's a, yeah, I mean, that just depends. (laughs) If I've Uh, ever been, two part question, Michael, done with my question. Oh, sorry. So, Michael, (laughs) when you were bartending, what did you like to do in that case? Well, let's ask Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Uh, no, I would. I, I already um, talked to you about this. I like the. I like this question though because I would always encourage people doing this stuff at home. So I would like kind of give sneak peeks or like, this is the ingredients, heavy on this. Now go home and just play with it. Like experiment. Try to try to do your thing instead of like trying to do the exact same thing. Because if it was like they, it might be lost in translation, and then they make a drink and they're like, oh, this is shit. You know, well, they probably didn't execute it that well, and then they might just give up. So, you know, we have talked, we want to encourage home bartending, right? Mm-hmm. We want to, like, do all that. So 100%. that's why I always say get the list of ingredients, which is pretty much on the menu. Yeah. And then yeah. play around, tweak it. Yeah. Okay, moving on. We're we're getting close to kind of wrapping this up. So this is this is mostly just for you, Libby. This, uh, not really tiki, uh, not really having anything to do do with tiki but if you had to choose a last drink similar to like if you had to choose a last meal what would it be oh man who can this be open to sure okay (laughs) a vintage ass bottle of champagne Mm. Like something where there's like mushrooms sprouting out of the cork. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, like I want something that's like dusty, like yeah. the monks graced it. <laughs> like I want some old world old vine bubbles. I want right. some of that too because I have only gotten that style of wine in red, and gasoline probably because I don't like notes. white wine, so I don't really drink it that no? much or order it. Well, so I, don't I do like bubbles. sparkles. It was Saturday, yeah. That would be it. um, It was a 22-year bottle. 22-year, like, Barbaresco. Damn, yeah. No, I want something with, like, age. Like, Oh, 22 years is good. Yeah. (laughs) No, I want, like, age. Like, I, like, want, like, 
yeah, it had some century. mushroom to it. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of mushroom to it, and was I was century like old, like some old shit. Just a tiny bit. That was the first. I, I had not really heard that as a descriptor. <laughs> and then he's like, "Not a mushroomy." I was like, "This Stop. is mushroomy." And then you throw a mushroom. Well, no, I mean, like it, you know, there's there's cellars in in France where, you know, it's all these bottles are like the labels are gone. There, right, I guess it, there's like a half inch of dust on it, and and like the the cellars that they keep it in are so like, you know, mineral rich and and damp that there's like you know fungus growing out of the corks, but the juice is still like perfect. And right. it's like, it's like drinking something. You know, you're drinking a a piece of history. Like, if that were my last last drink, I would want some old shit. See, I forgot about the last drink ever, and went just to like. Last Saturday night. <laughs> what? Going like 22, uh, oh, like 22 yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 22 years. Yeah. Yeah, no, no you know what? Last drink ever? I got no, kind of want like a yeah, 2012 Malbec. Yeah, I know. Is really? it drink it and you die? Because then I'm going what would be okay. Oh. So is this a round oh, table? Yeah. I'll never die. Um, what's, <laughs> well, your last, definitely... what's your last supper? Your last drink? Well, last ever? We ask the questions around here. <laughs> First of all, I don't, all, I don't know. think I'm um, going to come up with as good of an answer, but... I know, right? Go ahead. I mean, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that and just say some, like, super vintage... Yeah. Last barrel. Last, I don't know, something... Yeah, but that's all, like... There's so many NDAs, who knows? Well, it's yeah, that's true, that's true, but, tool. like... You're right. You know, totally, totally. Yeah. But like, these are the last. Barrels. I'm gonna let your answer stand alone. I don't think we can yeah, come up with something that good. I just want. I want to drink good. something I mean, that any was. Any mixed cocktail I come up with right now is gonna be like, oh, cool. Weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd want some sort of original bottle of green chartreuse. That's what I was thinking. That's like super vintage yeah. herbal liqueur. Um, I'll take a Negroni. <laughs> I'll take a shot of rum fire. <laughs> well, it's your lucky day. Yeah. Bing. Oh, look at that. There's rum fire in my glass. And it is fire. Mm-hmm. Not to be mixed. Ball. True. Not to be confused with fireball. As right, I've yeah. pointed out. This is actually delicious. This is yeah. true <laughs> Jamaican pot still rum. The original. And it's clear. Yeah. And now That's... we can all die. That was the question, right? Yep. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Great having you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, let's thanks do for this again. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, I don't, did you have any, any social media? You know, the kids do a lot of uh, Snapchat I mean, just days. Undertow PHX. Well, thanks for listening. This, again, is always parched. Uh, feel free to hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, hit us up on Instagram at alwaysparched. Uh, alwaysparched.com. Yep. So hit us up and uh, catch you next time.
Alright. <clears throat> I'm gonna swing right back up to right. the intro. Do you wanna right. find a new partner for this? <laughs> You're like, because you said the ultimate. Well, the yeah. ultimate is somebody who backs I mean, into parking We spots. can still be business partners, but you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's right. That's okay. Bacardi. Micah doesn't like cheese, so I'm not going to hate him for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Good thing we can edit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd already edited right here. Yeah. Yeah. I pointed to my head. <laughs>